What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Bloke in a Bar. This week I sit down with Brett Morris, a player that many consider the greatest winger of all time. If not the greatest, definitely one of the greatest. Honestly, his career is incredible. And what's really interesting about Brett Morris's career is that there was a period where you thought, oh, maybe he's past his best days. You know, when he was at the Doggies, you know, we speak in depth about how, you know, he may have fell out of love for the game and, you know, there was a lot going on. Uh, and he had to earn his spot back really at the Roosters, which is crazy to think, especially with the high he ended his career on. As usual, brought to you, powered by Bloke in a Bar, guys. Go out and grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. It's a really easy drinking beer, perfect for this warmer weather. Sit back, enjoy the sport, any sport, with a Bloke in a Bar beer in your hand. Go to blokeinabar.com, check our store locator. It will show you the closest location where you can grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. Um, when I created it, I wanted something that wasn't fruity, that wasn't hoppy, just really simple beer easy drinking beer um, that goes along with watching the footy. Um, so grab a case. It's the way, the best way for us to continue to get these big guests on is if you support the platform um, by grabbing a case of Bloke in a Bar. And that's how this kind of works. You know, if you want us to grow and continue putting out all this great content and you, it brings a lot of value to you in your life, uh, support us by grabbing a case of Bloke in a Bar. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a Bloke in a Bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Locker Room. Brought to you, actually. Brought to you by something a bit different this week. Something a bit different. <laughs> Cattleman's Brewing Co. Brett Morris's brand new beer. It is an easy drinking. Is it a mid-strength? Mid-strength, mate, yeah. It's uh, easy drinking? Very easy drinking. There's, uh, I've sampled a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty good for hangovers, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nowhere hope. near as bad when you stay on this stuff, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, mate, it's been a good little journey. It's a little side project. It's a couple of years in the making with myself, my brother, Trent Hogginson, and a, a couple of mates. Yep. And, um, yeah, we finally got the product to where it is now. And uh, we're selling it online and slowly, slowly trickling into stores. Um, yep. But, yeah, it's been a good learning process. You're in about, process. what, 20 stores already? Uh, I wouldn't say 20. I'd say probably sort of 10 to 15 10 to 15 yeah and you can go to cattlemansbrewing.com.au cattlemansbrewingco.com.au yeah and nationwide delivery uh yeah i'm pretty sure it is yeah, yeah. It's, it's all through ozpost so yeah this is an inside joke that you won't get but the fans will get i'm actually very attracted to this beer because being a country lad myself being a country lad myself from the depths of gold coast country yeah this beer speaks to me it speaks to me <laughs> Um, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> I just had to get that out of my system, <laughs> um, mate. How did it? How did it come about? Because like, it, what's my experience with the beer here is so. My grandfather, before he passed away, was like, he couldn't believe that I'd started a beer. Like he was like, it, like he was so proud, so proud. Literally, the last thing he ever said to me, he shook me hand and he said, "Good luck with the beer," because um, he's from a time where like starting your own beer, that's like fucking wild like yeah. start your own beer that's unheard just wild. Of. unheard yeah. of yeah whereas like these days although it is still like a lot of work as you know it is a bit more accessible how did it all when did you start say to your brother or your brother said to you hey let's start a beer mate it was it was actually quite funny because um the, the the boys that were involved in it's our punters club mm. right so there was there's eight of us in it in the punters club um only seven come in with the beer but um mm. we were just on our annual golf trip that we do every year, we go away and have a golf trip, the Cattleman's Cup that we play for. And um, 
mate, we were sitting around and we all drink mid-strength. We're all older guys with, you know, families and whatnot, so mid-strength's our go. Yep. And we were sitting around and we just said, how good would it be if we could actually drink our own beer on one of these trips? Mm. And then we all sort of went, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, you know, we were, had a really good weekend, mm. a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of beers drank. And um, <laughs> on the Monday, one of the boys started to reach out to a few different breweries yeah. and said, would you be interested? Uh, obviously, dropped mine and Josh's name, yep. Trent's name, and... Um, we had a few of them come back, but then we actually got in contact with a guy who uh, worked at the Rocks Brewery. Mm. So over you know two years, eighteen months, um, we slowly came up with the recipe. Mm. Um, you know, we had to get all our licenses and all that sort of stuff as Watcher. well. So yeah, um, so whilst we we're doing that, uh, worked out the recipe, and then yeah, got it to a point where it was ready to brew. So it was um, yeah, quite quite a fun process uh, mm. with all the boys. Um, mm. You know, trial trial and error. Obviously, yeah. um, you know some of the beers we got, we weren't too keen on at yeah. all. But um, did you get when when I first did like the taste testing, the brewer brought back like this real fruity stuff, and he was a cra- obviously a craft brewer. And I was like, no, bro, what the fuck? Like that tastes like an actual milkshake. What is doing? Did you get the similar situation? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did, mate. We got some yeah, pretty pretty different stuff. I mean. Us guys, we're sort of more traditional beer drinkers. When we mm. went to the pub when we were 18, there was five beers to choose from. Yeah. You picked your beer, yeah. you drank it, and you stuck on, stuck on that beer. And to this day, I will still drink that beer. If that's the only beer there, I yeah. will buy it and I will yeah. drink it. So we sort of wanted something like that because, you know, you go into pubs these days and there's 20 taps and you probably only know two or three of them. Yeah. They're Which all, is, you yeah. know, all these different craft beers. They're all different flavours and... Like we just sort of said we want a beer mm. that when you pour it into a glass, <laughs> it looks like a beer, yep. smells like a beer, yep. and it tastes like a beer. Absolutely. So, mate, as you said, some of these beers were open them, you open them, and you're like, oh, what's that smell like? Yep. And then you pour it into a glass, and you're like, geez, it's cloudy. And, yep. and I'm not, you know, bagging anyone that sort of does that beer because there is a, there's a massive market, craft mm. beer in Australia. There's yep. a huge market for it, and everyone has their particular tastes. Mm. But we just sort of said we want we want to go back traditional way the, mm. the older way and yeah sort of go down that road and you know that's what we come up with boom no I'm, I'm exactly the same like i can i can have like for example like a stone and wood pale out i can have one or two of them and it's like really good to have like with a dinner or something like that but when i'm in the backyard living the life and i just want to sit back have a nice crisp easy drinking beer i just want a beer yep. i just want a beer um so yeah eventually i mean without with bloke in a bar we may do something down the line but our focus will always be a beer just yeah. just a straight beer yeah um was there any discussions about like you know with the design the colors was there anyone saying no, i want this color on that seven blokes that's a lot of fucking mine yeah there was there was a lot of there was a lot of talk colors logos writing everything mm. like every little thing was tossed up yep. but um the good thing about having seven is there's always gonna you're always gonna get to a majority oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah three yeah right so some blokes wouldn't agree on some some and mm. But it always get to a point where we had the majority four versus three. All right, we're going ahead with this. So, yep. Yeah, there was a lot of discussions. Um, and if it all fails, you just have a wrestle off. <laughs> yeah, well, J-Moz will win that easy. He's the biggest in the group and but the strongest. But, I mean, strongest, surely, so. surely your votes would be together. Surely you're on the same page. Yeah, oh, look, we, you know, most of us have got pretty similar tastes anyway, yeah. which it did make it a lot easier. But, um, uh, yeah, as you like, you know, We've got no idea about any of this. We all come from all different walks of life, but yep. none of it was in brewing beer, yeah, marketing, yeah, <laughs> any of this stuff. All the things you, know. you needed to start a beer, exactly. <laughs> so, 
um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting. And, you know, the colours that we got, I suppose they're a little bit unique. There's sort of a heritage colour. Yeah, um, I like them. And then the design, obviously, um, you know, the, the cowboy there in the middle, the cattleman, as we call him. Yep, rides um, me home. Yeah, it's something, something unique as well. And, um, yeah, look, it, it was a very interesting process and it was very fun. And, um, yeah, look, we're, we're excited by what we produced. And, yep. you know, it's, it's out there now for people to try, so... Yeah, the more people that try it, the better. Boom. Now, speaking of a not-so-fun process, your retirement. Oh, actually, you know what? Might have been fun. <laughs> Might have been fun. Depends where your head was at. Yeah. How's, how's it been for you since, you know, you had such a long career and then obviously you did your knee. When you did your knee, was it immediately like you were considering it? Were you already considering it? You know what I mean? Did it change yeah. any thought process? What was it like? No, well, I was already considering retiring at the end of the year anyway. So, yep. I mean... Um, you know, it was just taken out of my hands, really. Like, yeah. you know, what's, you know, probably five or six down the track, I'm probably announcing my retirement at the end of the year anyway. So, mm. I mean, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't ideal in the way that it happened, but I wasn't upset. Like, mm. yeah, obviously, I was upset because I knew that it was going to be the last time that I was going to play mm. NRL and, you know, finish my career the way that I wanted to finish, but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't filthy on the world or anything like that. Okay. And, you know, injuries happen. They're part and parcel of rugby league. And, you know, I had plenty of injuries over my career, to be honest. And I was, I was in a good patch. I was playing good footy. So it wasn't like, I, you know, I was playing crap and then mm. I got injured. And then, you're trying to – yeah, you feel like, fuck, I want to end playing well, exactly. not poorly. Yeah. And, you know, you know, people who know they're retiring at the end of the year, they have this build-up into it and – you know, if their team's going well, they know they're going to play the finals and they're going into every finals game going, is this going to be my last game? I didn't get that. Mm. It was just gone. Yeah. So, Took it out of your hands. You know, I, yeah, as I said, I wasn't filthy on the world. I woke up the next morning and I felt like, like it was bizarre. Like I felt like as, as if all the pressure that I put on myself, all the expectations that I've always put on myself, um, you know, to play well, you know, the, the pressure from the fans, the expectation from them, the coaches, all that sort of stuff, it was just gone. Yeah. And I literally woke up the next morning and it felt like a whole weight had, had been taken off my shoulders. Yeah. Like I could just be normal again. Yeah, you could be a normal human yeah. being. There was so, some, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a bizarre feeling, but, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I was pretty happy, like, not happy with the injury, but I knew that playing rugby league was over. It was over. And that was it. And so. you just, it's like the, it's, it's almost like a, a freedom has, like, it, yep. it's sad, but at the same time, wow, like, there's so much possibility, really, to yep. just do what I want to do in my life. Like, it's as small as go down and have a Cattleman's Brewing Kobe, <laughs> as small as that. Well, that's it, yeah, I could have a beer on a Wednesday night and yep. not feel guilty. Yep, <laughs> and I mean, we weren't like the old school players. I mean, sometimes we were, but those blokes, they were used to having midweek beers, yeah. whereas, like, it was frowned upon. Yeah, certainly. I mean, when I first started my career, you could still go and have a beer yeah. after the video session on a Monday. Mm. You go up, go to the pub in the Arvo and have a beer or whatever. But yeah, not not these days. It was uh, definitely frowned upon. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the way that rugby league went. It's you know a lot more professional. Camera phones come out. Everyone has a camera phone. Like. Wow. Take a photo of you in a pub on a Wednesday Arvo. It makes the paper on Thursday morning. Yep. Apparently you're on a bender or something. Yeah, coach is pulling you into the office. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that went out the window pretty quick. But, yeah, as I said, mate, it's given me, you know, a lot more freedom um, to do things that, you know, I've never done in mm. the past. Um, so you do, your, you do your knee. When you woke up, or that night, were you already like, oh, it's my career's over? Like, I'm going to retire? Or did it take a few days for you to go, 
to say it out loud? Like, when did you really, that was the decision, I'm retiring? Nah, look, I knew straight away. As straight soon away. as I got told it was me ACL, I knew straight away that really? was it. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, look, I already had it in my mind that I was going to retire at the end of the year. So, mm. you know, there's no chance I'm coming back from this. Even if there was some radical surgery, I don't think I would have even taken that option. That option, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I knew straight away. I said, like, to the boys um, in the sheds after the game, like, this is probably the last game I'm ever, ever going to play. Mm. Um, you know, it was a privilege to, to play with you lads. Um, some of you I call you mates for the rest of my life and, you know, opportunity to go out as a captain of this club. Mm. Um, yeah, it's something I'll never forget. So, you know, I think those guys as well, they knew the, um, you know, the impact of the injury on, on my career and whatnot. And, um, but in saying that, it was almost a blessing in disguise because, you know, I obviously had ambitions to be a coach um, mm. post-football and, um, yeah, it gave me that opportunity to start that a little bit early. Mm. Um, you know, as soon as, you know, all the injury and all the sort of media and all that sort of died down, Robbo asked me what I was, you know, what I was doing. I said, I want to get back in there and help out. I mm. want to get back in the offices and help the boys. I'm still part of this team. And um, so he basically said, all right, I'm – get you learn how to cut video and you can start doing some stuff with our edges so i was basically cutting video um of the opposition where their weaknesses were so i could show these videos of how we're how we were going to attack um the sides and mate, he even had me up there running the meetings as well in front of all no the way yeah so yeah good yeah i mean like he said this is what you want to do this is your yeah. this is your chance so um yeah i got a little bit of a, a insight taste. into it straight away and a taste oh, of it yeah. and, and loved it so um, you know, it was just unfortunate when the boys went up to Queensland. I had to, I had to stay back home. I literally had my operation, so I they'd just gone back into the bubble. I had to leave the bubble to have my operation. Yeah, and then I was like, they're like, if you want to come back in the bubble, you've got to do all this stuff for two weeks leading oh. into it. Yeah, and by that time they were already leaving, so I was just like. Yeah. Oh. I'll just stay down here. Yeah, I'll, I might just stay down here. <laughs> and I don't think my wife would have been too happy if I left her with the three kids as well. So <laughs> with all the homeschooling that was going on. Oh, um, my God. Could you imagine if you like it had happened before you are injured? Oh, it, yeah. Um, what's really interesting, speaking of coaching as well, is um, when you got injured and, you know, the the you could see the cameras in the back of the, the changing room, there's this really cool, I guess, snapshot or whatever of Suwali just looking across at you. And I just thought it was such a cool image because obviously he is probably the most talented outside back we've got fuck, in maybe since Luttrell. Again, I don't want to put pressure on the kid, but he's, he's got everything you would need to. Um, what, what's it like, you know, now that you're moving into the coaching, does that, that kind of stuff excite you seeing a guy like Suwali or even like Adam Kieran who's moving to the centres or all, all that kind of stuff? Does that excite you? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Like, as you said, um, young Joe, he's, you can see he's got plenty of talent. He's going to be a beast. And, um, um, you know, Adam Kieran as well, as you said, moving out to the centres. These are all young kids that, um, you know, they've had a taste of playing first grade. And what you want from those guys is to play regular first grade and, and to play well. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, being an outside back, I think there'll be an opportunity for me to, you know, get my hands on them and, and help out where I can and, mm. um, you know, try and teach them things that I've learned over my career that help me, um, you know, to to play at a high, high standard and maintain that standard throughout my career. Mm. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for Joey he had that injury, um, but, uh, you know, I was doing rehab and basically he was doing rehab. So I've never seen a more professional 18-year-old kid 
in oh, a really? rehab room. Wow. Mate, he's he's a switched on kid. He's a good kid. that's not common for a guy as talented as him. Usually you don't get both. Yeah, the, de- the dedication's there. Mm. Um, so uh, I think that's, you know, and he, you know, you speak, he listens. He's yeah. a kid that wants to learn. He's a kid yeah. that wants to get better. Mm. Um, and, you know, he probably knows that he's, you know, got this talent, but he doesn't want to waste it. You can tell he doesn't want to waste it. And he mm. wants to take every opportunity that he gets given and he wants to thrive. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's a good young kid and, yeah, he definitely has a bright future. It's uh, it's so rare that you get a kid as naturally gifted, especially the bigger kids. Smaller kids that are quick and nippy and that, usually they have to learn to train hard in that because they, you know, the physicality of rugby league, you're forced to. Whereas <laughs> one of those kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas like a Suwali, being big like that, he would have come up through the grades just dominating people and like uh, a perfect example in the forwards is a guy like dave taylor obviously he still played you know for his state and that but he's he's sometimes his training suffered because he'd grown up just dominating everyone where it's really interesting to hear suwali has that mentality at such a young age usually again it takes sometimes it takes two to three years before they start going you know what i'm a professional athlete i'm not just a kid playing footy yeah yeah for sure and yeah i mean like you said like these kids were, you know, potentially the biggest in their competition or whatever, but when you're playing against men, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different ball game. You can be the best kid coming through the, you know, the grades and dominate all your, you know, all the competitions that you've played in or whatever, but when you come coming up against men, mm. you've got to step it up. You've yeah. got to be able to, to learn. You've got to pick up, you know, the things that are going to help you um, become a better player. And I'm not just talking about on the field. I'm talking about all the little stuff off it. You know, mm-hmm. as you said, being a professional, like some of these guys fall through the cracks because they just, they're not professional. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes their egos, you know, like you said, they're, they're playing first grade. They think that it's just going to last forever and they don't, you know, they don't want to work hard. They don't want to put in, you know, day after day, week after week. They, they think, you know, I'll just get by and I'll get yeah. through this. My talent will get me through. But There's always know, another club that wants me. There's the guys, they're the guys that... Um, you know, tend to fall through the cracks. Yeah, which is a shame. Absolutely, like yeah, it, it's um, it's so good to hear the guy like Suwali, especially with the amount of pressure. I mean, it actually worked perfectly for you guys at the start of the year, in a sense. Like, obviously not for Joseph because like, it, it's it'd be torture being under that much uh, spotlight. But it actually worked really well because Sam Walker got to take a step back, and he was because like on the podcast before the season started, I actually said, guys, it's it's actually not Suwali that will be that is the the next in line at the roosters right now it's sam walker that's that's kind of floating under the radar and even though he probably played more first grade than he should have just due to all the injuries and that he still killed it when he played first grade you know what i mean Mm. um what's it like seeing a guy like sam walker come through (laughs) because it's great right his confidence on the field is wild yeah i mean you know obviously you guys got to see what he does on the field but we we saw that daily in training you know especially you know previous season where these guys didn't have a competition to play in yeah they, their that. competition got canned so yeah, he yeah. was training against us regularly and mate, he was tearing tearing us to shreds Fuck. like you could tell the kid could play footy and yeah. you can tell that he's grown up around football his whole life because mm. he thinks about different situations like he watches a lot of footy too mm. um and he's yeah one of these kids that he picks up things quickly um you know that sort of off off the cuff style of footy. It's you sort of don't see that too much in young kids either these mm. days. It's I don't know, um, you know whether it's through coaching or whatever that they just sort of lose that a little bit. But Sammy's got 
you know, great instincts as well. Mm. He's got that little bit of off-the-cuff football that is good, but he can also play the structured football that's needed, you know, to, to run a football team. So, mm. yeah, look, he was Terence to shreds uh, yeah. at training. Fire so we up. knew that he was a special talent. And then, obviously, when he got his chance, you saw what he could do. And, you, yeah, I mean, people were blown away by it, mm. but the people within... They just knew. We, we knew what Sam Fire was up, capable yeah. of. So he's a good young kid. Um, yeah, very talented and... Um, you know, obviously, Sammy's he's only small. He's going to have a lot of traffic coming his way throughout mm. his career. But, you know, he's he's great. He's, he's a growing boy. Mm. He's, he's going to keep growing. And he'll get yeah. to a point where, you know, he'll enjoy that side of side of rugby league because, you know, as a half, they're always the guys that are going to get targeted. They're always the smaller guys. But the, the halves that can, you know, stand in front of guys and not be afraid to make tackles, mm. then, you know, they're the ones that get a lot of respect and, yeah. you know, Guys stop running them because they're just getting tipped on their heads. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, not on their heads, on their backs. <laughs> you can't, can't do, do that, that these days, anymore. bro. You can't do that these days. This, this Neanderthal talking about tipping blokes on their head. Jesus. Um, but well, he has the one ingredient you need. He's tough as fuck. Like a lot of halves, it's it's similar to the Solali situation in the sense of like a lot of halves that are as good in attack as he is don't necessarily have that mental toughness. You've got to like slowly grind it into them over the next three or four years of life. Mate, you have to put your body on the line. You cannot be pulling out of tackles. Whereas he, he's almost too tough for his own good. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, as I said, that's what you want to see from these guys. You want them yeah. to, to stand in front and not be afraid to, to make the tackles. You know, they know the traffic's coming their way. So yeah, you jump out of it, they're going to run through and score. You've got to stand in front of it and you've got to stop it. Mm. And, yeah, he had the mentality that, yeah, I'm going to have a crack there. I mean, he had Boyd Cordner, Angus Crichton running at him all pre-season. Oh, so, torture. It's nightmare yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, he had a good learning there. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, as I said, he's still learning how to, how to you know, to play that role week in, week out. And, you know, obviously he's wonderful in attack with the ball. Everyone can see that. But yeah. it's about, you know, learning the, the defensive side and loving it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the key. The key. You're right. Like loving it, like enjoying it. You can't. Yeah. You can only pretend so long, of like getting in there and having a dig before you go. You know what? I hate this shit. Whereas if you learn to love it, yeah, um, it helps so much. Okay, so takes back to a, a young fella born in Kiama, mm-hmm. played for the Kiama Knights. I wasn't born in Kiama. I was born in St George actually. Oh, born in St George. <laughs> yeah, St George Hospital. Wow, that yeah. is an error from Matt. The guy sitting right to, to my right. You just got him fired, so <laughs> I, I, you feel good. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, I was born at St George Hospital. Yep, and the old boy was playing for the Dragons. And yep. Yeah, I was born at Cogra, so yeah. Okay, well that has been settled. So did go to school in Kaima, so you got that right. You got that right. So all the people out there that have been Kymer walking Kymer. around going, you know what, Brett Morris was born in Kaima. <laughs> You've been wrong this whole time, yeah. St George. Um, but yeah, growing up, obviously, you know, you, you had the typical. I guess you got your father's playing. NRL, but it's it's like internally, I'm sure you don't see it like that. It's it's just your dad. I'm assuming, like I'm assuming, was that was it like for you? What was it was yeah, it like? I was too young to sort of even yeah. see him playing. Uh, I think he retired when I was four. So yep. yeah, I don't really remember watching Much. him or going to the footy. But he had this tape that he would play nonstop with all these <laughs> tries. I think you can get it up on YouTube now. I think someone's put it up there. Yeah. But it's probably him, mate. Yeah, I think, I think it might have been under some <laughs> fake name. Um, but yeah, look, we used to um, 
we used to watch that all the time mm. and used to like marvel at it, like how good a player he was. Mm. So I think we, we understood how good he was, obviously not being able to see him play, but yeah, we actually saw the footage and, um, you know, as I got older and got close, closer to playing rugby league and, uh, you know, against men realising how hard it was, like, mm. yeah, he was a fair player. Yeah, <laughs> fair player. <laughs> Bloody oath, he was a fair player. So, so I guess, was it always rugby league on the menu for you or was it, yeah, did you just do athletics or... Oh, yeah. mate, we did every sport that we could do. Mm. Um, you know, rugby league was always our option, option A. It was always option one. Wherever we could do that, we were going to do that. But, you know, touch football, cricket, little athletics, uh, basketball. I think we even tried baseball for a year. Like, baseball? We literally played every sport. Yeah. We could, I think mum just wanted to get us out of the house so she could have some <laughs> spare time spare to time. herself. Like, yeah. We were pretty full on. And when we weren't, you know, playing sport on the weekends. We're outside every afternoon playing footy against each other. Kids from the street, older brother. Mm. Like, it was just non-stop yep. footy. Like, knee footy inside, Far everything. Out. Like, yep. yeah, our whole life was dead set consumed by rugby league. <laughs> rugby league. When was it Dragons grew up locking? Yeah, yeah. I was a big Dragons fan growing up. Um, I always used to go, like, obviously the Steelers as well. Used to go to the hill at Wynn Stadium, mm. catch a train in when yep. mum would let me in, sit on the hill and watch the footy. So I used to love it. Um, I was actually a, a little bit of a Broncos fan too. I used to love watching Big Dell play. So oh, really? Yeah, Big like Dell. That was, that was when those big powerhouse wingers started. So yep. I used to love watching Big Dell. Obviously, he was a showman as well. So that was, yep. you know, something I loved to watch. Um, yeah, but, you know, they were main main clubs and, you know, obviously the old boy played for the Roosters as well, so I always used mm. to watch their games as well. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't um, entirely strictly a Dragons fan. I, yeah. You know, I, love, I just love rugby league, so, yeah. yeah. And so when when did you, I guess, when did it start becoming a, oh, I'm actually decent at this, I'm making rep sides or not making rep sides, but I'm, I'm a good footy player and I can, I have enough talent to potentially have a crack at NRL? Yeah, look, we were always, as young kids, probably up until we were about 12 or 13, like always like the sort of best kids in our area. Mm. And then, you know, obviously puberty and kids grow and yeah. whatever. And me and Josh, you know, we were, you know, late, late bloomers or whatever. Like we had kids that were twice the size of us. So yeah. like all these kids that we'd been, you know, toweling up <laughs> in our early, you know, 10 to 12s or whatever, yeah. those kids got massive and they mm. all turned into these weapons and whatever. And, uh, you know, we were missing <clears throat> rep sides at 15, 16 just because we were too small. You wow. know, we always had the speed and we always put in the hard work or whatever. But, yeah, you're just too small. Come back next year, try again. So uh, it wasn't until about you know, 17, 18 sort of started, you know, making sides regularly. And then, you know, basically from 18... It all happened very quickly, mm. um, you know, sort of SG ball into Jersey flag, um, Jersey flag into uh, it was called uh, Premier League then, mm. which was reserve grade. So basically you had um, whoever didn't get picked in the NRL squad, mm. um, basically. So they had top 25 back then. Then eight blokes that didn't make the squad, they went straight into Premier League and then they sort of just pulled up younger kids or whoever they had, whoever else they had around. So... You know, playing Premier League at mm. 18 years old. Oh, I think I might have been 17. You've been 17 because you well, debuted at 2007. Uh, 2006, sorry. Yeah. So I was 19 turning 20 when I debuted. But, yep. yeah, I mean, playing against men at 17, 18 years old, yeah. like some of these guys have played over 100 NRL games. Yeah. And, yeah, to sort of get that experience and, and perform and perform well, um, that's sort of when you, like, knew you know you that go, right. there was – 
there was that that track to NRL was a big chance of happening. So yeah, yeah I debuted in 2006 when I was um, 19 years old. So I left school in 2004. So 2005, I had like a, a development role um, for the Dragons. I was going around to schools teaching kids how to oh, play yeah. rugby league and yep. sort of training um, part time. I trained over the off season with the first grade squad and then went back to sort of part time with the um, Premier League guys. And do you remember the flag, first first rock first time Premier. you rocked up to first grade and saw all the first graders? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everyone was twice the size. I was still, yeah. you know, a skinny little dude. I th- when I debuted, I was only, I was only 85 kilos. So oh, I, was wow. a, I was a little dude. And I think when I finished playing, I was 97. So yeah, wow. Yeah, it's oh, a big yeah. difference. Um, but yeah, I was just a skinny little whippet, I suppose. Yeah. I think most of the time I ran out of, out of fear of being tackled by these bigger <laughs> yeah. dudes. And yep. yeah, that's why I sort of streaked down that wing most of the time because I was too scared to get tackled. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did, what, what did you, when did you realise like you were taking that step up? Like sometimes when young guys come in, they don't actually realise like every day is hectic. Every day is like you're going as hard as you can. There's no days off. Did you ever have a session or was it just over a period of time where you're like, wow, this is, this is first grade, this is first grade training? Yeah, I think um, – so the 2006 season, we were training full-time at that stage. So we just knew that, you know, if we sort of worked hard, trained hard, that our chance could come at any time. And then, obviously, once you get given that chance, you don't want to lose it. So, mm. mate, the training, again, like goes through the – like all the fitness drills or whatever, you're trying to win them because mm. you don't want to give them a reason to, to drop you. I mean, so like I – my debut, like I wasn't even 18th man – so back then they only had the 18th man. There was no 19th man or anything like that. Mm. I think Reese Simmons might have been 18th man or he might have been playing. Anyway, I got the call the night before the game. Sleep, oh, no you're way. playing. And I was like, what? <coughs> He's like, yeah, you're playing tomorrow. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, well, I obviously wasn't prepared because yeah. I wasn't 18th man or whatever. So I was just, you know, getting ready to play, you know, my reserve grade game or whatever that weekend. And then, yeah, got the call up. And then, you know, from that day, like – Basically said, oh, I don't want to lose this spot. So yeah. it was, yeah, a matter of yeah, just working extra hard and trying to um, yeah, really cement that spot because mm. you know, young kids, you can sort of go in and out of first grade, and you know that that actually happened to me. The, I had an injury the year after. I only played two games, and then 2008, I was sort of in and out, um, just again through injury and form or whatnot. So it was a learning. Co- but the first year that I had was, you know. I started playing some really good footy and yep. towards the back end of the year I felt like you know I'd established myself as a as a first grader and obviously the injuries and whatnot over the next couple of years didn't help but mm. um yeah I mean come 2009 I started the year <laughs> it was when Wayne first showed up yep. started the year in reserve grade oh, so wow. I, it was mate to this day I still reckon it's the best preseason I've ever had really like I was unbelievably fit i started the preseason in fat club that's probably why i started two weeks <laughs> yeah. before everyone else and by the time all those guys got back i was flying so mm. i was you know felt like i was ahead of everyone by the time i got to the end of that preseason i felt like i was in probably the best shape i'd probably ever been in mm. so and you know i was disappointed i started the year in uh reserve grade uh, we still had big dell um, Jace Nightingale had been overseas the year before with Wayne as coach of the Kiwis. So mm. Wayne was like, I love what I see with Jace. Yep. And mate, you can't blame him. Jace, outstanding player as well. So um, it was only through an injury to Jace. Uh, I think it was in like round three or s- he strained his hammy or something. Mm. 
So I got to start and I made sure that day I, I was like, I'm not. Not leaving it. I'm not. So I think I ran for about 250 metres. <laughs> yeah, a million hit I was, Yeah, I literally I just said, I don't want to lose this spot. Yeah. So, And lucky enough, Wayne picked me the next week and then at the back end of that year, I went on to play for Australia. So, wow. you know, I had an amazing year that year. And, um, I mean, these are like little setbacks that you have throughout your career. But, mm. you know, they can either – you can either go one way, you can either, you know, kick stones and sulk and, you know – Six months later, you're out the door or whatever. Yeah, literally. A literally. year later, you're out the door. Or you can take it in your stride and realise what you need to do to get better. And when you get those chances, you just got to take them. So, um, yeah, I mean, learning curves on, on the way from, you know, and out, you know, my first year, 2006, having a really good year and then dealing with injury, 2007, 2008 injury in form and then mm. 2009 being in the best shape you've been in and starting in reserve grade. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but these are all things that, probably put me in really good stead for the rest of my career and mm. from that day I never looked back. What was it like, you know, you said you were a fan of Del growing up, meeting Del for the first time. He's a he's a big ball of energy. What was it like meeting the big fella? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Just to like just to see like there's like a, there's an aura about him. It's obviously the the showmanship. Yeah. You know, and talking about himself in third person everywhere he goes, <laughs> yeah. but everyone knows him. I literally every uh, you know you go sit down at a coffee shop or whatever and everyone wanted to come and have a chat and yep. obviously Dell was you know the redemption sort of story 2008 come back from that mm. drugs saga and then 2009 it was because he'd had the whole preseason and prepared and you know he was ready for a big year but um yeah I mean it was awesome watching him grow up as a kid like he mm. was a beast so big a eh? so big oh, and man. like just seeing him just around the place yeah. how he interacted with people like the fan days. Um, you know, training against him in the gym with him, like, <laughs> like we, because uh, it ended up being me and him on the wings, right? So 2009, and we always used to do left versus right opposed sessions, yeah, mate. And the whole time he would just sledge me nonstop, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Del, I'm on your team, man." <laughs> like, so he'd just absolutely give it to me, and then like he always used to do the score count, like. Yeah, one nil, Dell. <laughs> like if you scored a try, or whatever. And I used to score like three tries or something because we had the lethal left edge. Then yeah. like Darius Boyd coming around, yeah. he put me in for about forty tries or something in two years. And like I used to just, yeah, it'd be like three nil or whatever. I wouldn't yeah. say a single word, and then Dell would get one and be like, "Yeah, one nil, baby." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, no, mate, he was always fun. Like always fun to have around training. And yeah, I mean, obviously when things got serious or whatever, that Dell was always there to sort of. Um, you know, <clears throat> ease up the mood and, um, mm. yeah, absolute legend of a guy. Mm. Still talk to him to this day. And, yeah, I mean, when you get to play with sort of one of your idols or one of the guys that you um, really love watch playing, like playing growing up, yeah, it was, yeah, that was pretty cool. And so 2009, uh, you end up playing for your country. Uh, you scored six times in four games. Uh, you finished the tournament as top try scorer. Did that give you a mountain of confidence? Yeah, really? it did, but... And saying that, and playing in the best side in the world, yeah. like, I was playing outside GI. Wow, <laughs> I didn't have to do much. It's like literally just let him make the break, run down next to him, <laughs> and he just pass me the ball. Like, he was a proper beast, and like he he had a really good like four nations as well. So like I was just feeding off the back of that. But yeah, I mean that was an awesome trip. Um, myself and Josh both went on that tour. Uh, we got to play for Australia together in That's 2009 in, in France, of all places. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that was such a special, special tour, obviously being my first one. But, yeah, doing it with the bro and, um, yeah, just 
like some of the names in that side, like Thurston, Crazy. Lockyer. Right? <laughs> Obviously, Queenslanders, and I never got the chance to play with them, State of Origin yeah. and whatever, but you always admired them. Um, you know, ultimate competitors, absolute beasts of players, and mm. I'm lining up next to them. Yeah. Like, this is, this is unreal. The so, best. Yeah. Um, so the next year rolls around, and this is the year. This is the year, 2010. You roll into it. So 2009, it, it's a disappointing end for you guys because you get you, you minor premiers, yeah, and then you get bounced out in straight sets. Straight sets, yeah. So that was the old first versus eighth. We yeah. played para. <laughs> so we played them the last round, like last round of the season, and yep. we pumped them. It was like yep. 37 nil. <laughs> We're like, oh, this will be easy next week. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they dusted us, and then um, you know we had to go up to Queensland after that. So we, you know we'd finished first, we'd lost our first final, which no one picked us to lose, which was you know frustrating. But then we had to go and play the Broncos up at Suncorp. Oh fuck! And it was just like, oh, this is torture. Yeah. And then yeah, obviously <clears throat> in front of their home fans, they turned one on, um, and yeah. We were licking our wounds after Fuck. 2009. So coming in 2010, we knew we had a side that could win the comp. Mm. And we basically had that mentality the whole year. Like we were going to do whatever it took to win. Mm. And I don't think at one point throughout that whole – like because the Dragons' chokers tag had been there for a while because 05 should have won – they had the best team, should have won the comp. Mm. 06 lost the grand final qualifier, 2009 – Minor premiers got bounced out straight sets. So, you know, there was a lot in the media saying, you know, they're chokers, they can't talk. But we never sort of read that at all. The mm. good thing about Wayne was, and being down in Wollongong as well, um, you know, we sort of got away from a lot of the media, didn't have to listen to it. Um, and, you know, Wayne sort of just said, don't read the papers. You don't need to. There's no point. Mm. So um, within our sort of walls, we knew what we could do and um, – we knew that we're a big chance of winning the comp that year. And so you're going through the year and everything seems to be aligning. Your defence is crazy good. Uh, what was it like going to that final series? Because you had a close call. Was it against the Tigers maybe? Yeah, or? Tigers. Yeah, close call there. Well, you know, that final series, what was it like for you? Well, you know, we're obviously we'd learn our lessons from mm. the year before that, you know, you can be the best side for 26 rounds, but it doesn't matter come finals. It's a totally different comp, so... Uh, the most pleasing thing for us was, you know, the finals performance week one. Uh, what did we – Manly – I can't remember. We, I think we might have beat them to nil. Like, wow. We pumped them. Mm. Yeah, we probably pumped them. Um, so, obviously, had the week off. Um, and then we played the Tigers. Now, the Tigers were playing good footy. We'd had some good battles with them throughout the year, and we knew that was going to be a tough game. But um, never at any stage did we doubt ourselves, like – it's funny because we come in at halftime of that game and we're like, geez, we're playing bad. Like, mm. we knew we weren't playing as good as we could, but no one was panicking. Like, no one panicked one bit. It was like, yeah. all right, we just just need to get our, get our, you know, get back to plan A mm. and just nail that. And by the end of this game, we'll, we'll be fine. So, you know, come down to it, see how he kicks a field goal and we win the game and we're into the grand final. So, um, yeah, I think for some of those guys, that was a massive relief as well. You know, Dean Young, part of 05. I think Benny Cray, Coops, Gaz, these Benny Hornby, these guys have played in 05. So I think taking the next step for them, you know, was a massive thing. Mm. Um, you know, they got a great sense of relief out of that. But for us younger guys, we, we didn't have sort of that baggage mm. there. Like it didn't bother us at all. And, um, you know, coming into the grand final, we were very confident that we could win. 
And so grand final rolls around. And what's what's interesting about your grand final is you, you ended up winning it, you know, pretty, I guess, comfortably. But for at least, if I recall correctly, it was like 60 minutes. It, the game was in the yeah. kind of balance. Yeah. Well, do you remember anything from the grand final specifically? Yeah. Again, uh, it's from the first half. I remember um, we, we, weren't, we weren't playing very good at all. Mm. Um, and... Uh, Roosters went in with the lead eight, six and a half times. So they'd scored two tries, but they'd missed both their kicks. Um, and, uh, you know, Wayne basically said, come on, boys, let's just get our act together. Um, he basically just said, we've been going left the whole time. Let's just go right this half. <laughs> really? That, that was literally as simple as it was. And it was like, yeah, righto. Fuck. Let's just go right and let's just, you know. I, mean, I know that sounds simple, but, um, yeah. you know, it was along, along the lines of that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, we basically just shifted our attack, our point of attack, and we started going right. And yeah, Naughty goes over in the corner for a couple of tries, and that sort of, um, you know, sort of made them sort of start doubting themselves, second guessing themselves as we take the lead. See how we come up with a pretty big kick um, mm. from the sideline as well, and then <coughs> yeah, and then um, Dino goes over for the game, and then. Um, it was a Feeney that scored. Feeney at the yep. end there. Yep. So, I mean, I think for the last ten minutes or so, um, we knew that we were going to win. So, you know, when you're in that position in a grand final, it's um, it's a pretty cool feeling. And yeah, so you're on the field, the game's wrapped up. What are you What are you thinking? <laughs> like, fuck, mate, you're just over the moon. Yeah, like you literally because you know all the hard work that's gone into it. Like, yeah, you know all the hard work that's gone into it from everyone in your team. All the guys that have been putting in the hard yards for the last however long, you know, you've been playing together. Um, it's a dream that you've had since you're a little kid mm. that you want to fulfil, that you want to win a grand final. Um, so, mate, yeah, I mean, so much, you know, so many different emotions that, you know, come across you. Like, you're just, uh, like, over the moon, like... Joyful, tearful, like it's literally, it's all there. And, yeah. you know, when that final hooter goes, it's, mate, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the best feelings. And lucky enough, I got to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, two premierships, like, fuck. I mean, obviously that one was a lot different to the one that I had with the Roosters <coughs> because the Roosters one was just such a close game. Yeah. And it was nail-biting. And literally the result was, just, you know, it was on the edge for, you know, that whole second half. Mm. So like there was there's no way you could relax or anything like that. Whereas mm. you couldn't relax in the you know the 2010 grand final, but you could definitely Take do your in. job and enjoy it. Whereas you're under the pump, you're not enjoying it. <laughs> no, nah. you're stressing. Like, you, please you're don't stre- come down yeah, my age. You're stressing. You're like, don't stuff up. Yep. Just don't stuff up. Like, and oh, obviously you're not thinking that, but you're thinking if something goes wrong and I'm the blame and we lose this game, oh, oh shit. Fuck. But um, yeah, being professional athletes, you put that stuff to the side, obviously, yeah. and you can still do your job. But yeah, I mean, that was a lot, lot less stressful. That's for sure. Twenty ten. Oh, man, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, and also that 2010 year, you make your origin debut. Do you remember where you were when you got called up and? How did that all come about? Were no. you expecting it? Surprise? Yeah, look, I was expecting it because I, I played, played for Australia, Australia the year before. before so yep. I was expecting to play Origin that year. I can't remember where I was when I got called. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, it's a childhood dream to play State of Origin. Um, so, yeah, I was over the moon. Um, yeah. You know, Josh, actually, Josh made his State of Origin debut the year before in 2009. So oh, really? I think he played... 
Yeah, I think he might have played two games or did he play the one game? Anyway, I think game three, I went and watched him play up at Suncorp. Mm. And the Blues had already lost the series, but game three they went up there and they won the game. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was the where they put the bomb up. Oh, for the scrap. Yeah, for yeah. the scrap. Um, yeah, so that was jo- one of Josh's first starting games. So I think he, the game before he'd come off the bench and he might have played 15 minutes or something mm. like that. So I got up there and I got to watch that in 2009. I was like, oh, my God, I just want to play this game. Wow. So, yeah, 2010 come around and, um, yeah, it's over the moon. It was yeah. amazing. Was it... Was it what was it like? You know, you're coming up to Queensland in their dominant period. Is it is it more nerve wracking in the sense of like far out? Like this is going to be I'm I'm against one of the best teams. They'd won three by that stage, three in a row. One six seven four in a row by eight, that stage. Nine, yeah. So what, what's it like when you you know you're sitting across from them and you're going, okay, we got to make this, we got to find a way here. Oh, for me it was exciting. Mm. Like I wasn't. Um, you know, it wasn't daunting or anything like that because you wanted to turn the tide. Like you wanted, yeah. to, you wanted to get back in New South Wales' favour. So yeah. for me, it was exciting, and it, you know, after the losses, very frustrating and um, mentally exhausting because you, you know, like Origin, you put so much into yeah, it. Like they like they're not just a physical battle; it's mm. the mental. What's the mental tougher, side Origin or Grand Final? Um, look, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Like Origin, the game. Is yeah. tougher. I, yeah. I reckon it's the toughest football you can play. Yeah, but maybe the pressure of a grand final. Yeah, the, like I mean, obviously the pressure that you put on yourselves and all your fans put on you is probably a lot larger because mm. you know you've played the twenty six rounds, you've played the yeah. finals, and it's you know it's the last game of the year, so mm. you know they want to see a result and they want to see you winning. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot, lot of pressure on on the grand final, but mate, physically, like the Origin games, they're insane. Mm. Like it's you, Every you tackle you get north. Like this, don't get me wrong. The speeds of some finals games and that they go through the roof as well. And the quality of football is just you know mm. really really good. But I'm talking about the speed of the game and the physicality. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can see it. It's just the intensity's hurting. Yeah. <laughs> like every part of your body hurts. And then you come off and you cool down, and it's just like oh. Sh- this is going to be bad tomorrow. Yeah, like I got to play in three days. Bruised, but yeah, back then <laughs> three days, two days, whatever yep. it was. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, physically, they're the hardest games I think I've ever played for sure. Yeah, far out. Um, is there anything you remember specifically from your debut, like when you put on that jersey, the sky blue? Um, oh, look, uh, again, it was a dream to put the jersey on, but like when I think, I think I was always on Falao. So, oh, really? like, he was literally, like, jumping over everyone, scoring tries and that. I just remember saying to myself, oh, I'm not going to let this bloke score a try over yeah. me, jumping in the air. Yeah. And that was, like, the one job that I just wanted to get right. <laughs> yeah. Because he'd just, he'd just been on highlight reels and I'd yep. stop for Queensland doing that. So, I, um, you know, I didn't have to stop him from doing that, which was good. But, um, again, like, this, they just they just knew how to play footy. Like, they just, you know, we always had close games and – They'd somehow find a way just to get it over us in the end of the games yep. and um, yeah, and win the series. Like we had so many close series as well. Yeah, that's um, the thing with the 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 eight in a row, or whatever. It it doesn't necessarily show you how close each series was. Like if you took each series, you would be like, I mean, they were one mistake away, or, or you, yeah. so the gap. Although it was eight in a row, and it was you know as a Queenslander, that's incredible. But the gap wasn't as wide mm-hmm. as we. Now I look back on and think, oh, they must have just towed them up everywhere. Like, yeah, it was close nearly every series. I think there might have been only like 
maybe two of the series that were dominant. But yeah. other than that, yeah, it was pretty close. Like, yeah, and, and that was the thing. That's why, like, for us, it was so frustrating because we knew we were getting close. Like, we could feel we were getting closer and closer. So, like, and it was frustrating because, you know, we knew that New South Wales, they wanted us to win a series. We knew they had our back. Like, you know, no matter what, how many we'd lost, they were always turning up. Like to support us, and yeah. we were always grateful of that because you know, it's, you know, if your team's lost seven series in a row, you have every right just to go, well, stuff this. I'm not going to support. I'm not going to watch. Yeah. Well, why, why should I? Yeah. You know, they can't beat this side. Yeah. But um, you know, 2014, like, <laughs> it just got to the point where we said, enough's enough. Like, yeah. This is this is beyond a joke. Again, they had you know, amazing side. Yeah. Amazing side. Like some of these guys are definitely going down as immortals. Like yeah. we basically played. Against a side full of immortals, mm. <laughs> so yeah, like, like literally, we we knew it was going to be hard, right? And so, uh, first game was up in Queensland. It was a hundredth um, state of origin, so like there was a big. We knew it was going to be a massive spectacle. Mm. There was a lot of big fuss made about it, and we basically said, "Well, this is enough. Enough's enough. We're winning this game. We've got to do whatever it takes to win this game. You've got mm. to put your body on the line. Self-preservation's out the window. You do whatever you can mm. to win this game of football." Yep. And we wanted to show them that on their home turf that we could beat them. And, yep. um, yeah, that first game in the 2014 series, that was brutal. Yeah, I mean, it was brutal. You dislocated your shoulder. Yeah. So walk us through the dislocation of the shoulder, like, because you kept playing. Yeah. Like, is your mindset just basically what you said? Like, I don't care how damaged my body gets. I'm going until I just simply cannot go anymore. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, obviously, when I did, I scored the try and did it, and I was like, oh, shit, this isn't good. This yeah. that, like, no, this is bad. This you hurts. can usually tell, like, yeah. you know, something's serious here. So, like, I you know, got to my feet, walked back to the um, sideline um, with all the coaching staff, and they were all sort of talking. They all had their monitors on or whatever, like their headsets on, and they were all talking between each other. But I remember looking at the bench, and we had four forwards, and I was just like, fuck, what, what are they going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? They're not playing on the wing. Mm. So I said, well, I'll just suck it up. I'll mm. run back to my spot and you can just keep checking on me. And if it gets to a point where I can't do my job, mm. take me off. Okay. So wow. basically, Paul McGregor was the trainer and he kept running out saying, Slip, how are you? Yeah. Good. Good. Slip, how are you? Good. <laughs> uh, basically, the adrenaline just got me through the game. Yep. And then, you know, the brother as well, like he's standing on playing outside him. He's mm. like, come on, come on, need you. You got to work here. Like, yep. so, you know, and. Being brother and best mate, I didn't want to let him down either. Yeah. I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want to let my teammates down. I didn't want to let the family down. I didn't want to let the state down. So mm. I was like, there was a lot that obviously went into it in my mindset that got me through the game. But I remember when Josh went down as well with his knee, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> yeah, like, he, he went down with his knee and didn't he chase back and do a try-saving tackle? Yeah, so he was sitting on the sideline and um, the physio's, you know, testing his knee and she's like, I think you've done your ACL. And he was like, oh, shit. And that, literally, as she said that, they were about to make it. But like, he could see, like, I think we were short. We had, like, two people on a short mm. side. <laughs> they had about four blokes wrapping around. It was like Slater, Inglis, Lockyer. <laughs> Torture. And we were just like, oh, shit. Literally like the <laughs> I'm standing there with the shoulders <laughs> going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the three, like, if you could pick three players in the history of the game that you wouldn't want running I don't know you. if it was Lockie or Thurston. It was oh, one of them. But. Well, I mean, just put in Thurston. <laughs> Thurston or Lockie, interchange <laughs> them. Slater and Inglis. That's not, it's not what you want running that no, And 
so then all of a sudden he's just popped up off the sideline, sprinted back and just yep. made the tackle and got back in the defensive line until they could work out someone to put there. And I think they ended up putting Luke Lewis there. Yeah. Which, I mean, Louis a guy that could play centre. Mm. I mean, obviously when I looked at the bench and saw him, I didn't think – I didn't want him to play wing. Yeah. You know, he was much bigger. He moved. He started on the wing, but he yeah. moved into back row by that stage. <laughs> exactly, because he's and so much back bigger. rowers and centers these days that they can sort of be interchanged. Yeah, and, and you know, Louis is a type of player that could could do that easily. So I wasn't too worried about that one. But yeah, obviously Josh getting up off the deck and doing that, and you know, these are these are moments that we wanted to show New South Wales how much we cared about the jersey, how mm. much pride we had in it, and how much we respected the jersey, and how much we wanted to win. And we wanted our fans to see that. Mm. And, yeah, I suppose after that game, you know, I think Chucky Watmau had a ruptured bicep. Bo Scott basically collapsed of exhaustion in the sheds after the game. Mate, there was ice packs everywhere. Like, yep. literally, everyone was just... Dunskies. Yeah. Wow. And then, and you know, obviously we had Hainsey as well in that side and who that was probably one of the best origin series I think he had in his career as well. Yeah, 2004, absolutely. And so, so did your brother end up doing his MCL or his ACL? No, so he did his PCL. PCL? He did his PCL. Mm. And uh, I think he ended up rehabbing it and come back and played in game three, mm. I think. But by that stage, obviously, the boys had gone back to New South Wales. Yep. And we wrapped up the series there. Trent Hogginson with the... The show and go and score the try and yeah. me and Josh were both sitting in the stands, both injured. Um yep. and yeah, yeah, that was such an awesome feeling. Yeah. Especially when that final siren went. You know, yeah. obviously we weren't out there playing, but as soon as that went we jumped on the field with all the boys and we celebrated with them. Yeah. Right? And you know, Laurie Laurie was an awesome coach. Like I love playing under Laurie, awesome mm. coach, awesome bloke. And um yeah, I mean to see him get that that reward as well after the years of heartache that everyone had had, yeah. I mean, 2014, that Origin Series is, yeah, go down as one of my favourites of all time, even though I only played twice. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you earned it. You earned the right to say you bloody won the series. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy moment. Like, just and, – and but just seeing both you and your brother just like, he's fucked, you're fucked. <laughs> like, you could just you, – you know, you when you see someone injured, you, their body language is just a little bit out. Um yeah, I, I, like it's weird because like as a Queenslander, obviously I want Queensland to win. But at the same time, like I, I could appreciate how much it meant to New South Wales and also it kind of brought back that like shit, we can lose. Like, you know, it's, mm. it just brought something back to origin. You know, you can't – if Queensland just keep winning, like what's the, like, what's the point? Like what is the point? And then what's scary now is like, you know, New South Wales have a really good young squad. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they can put the right things in place. Mm. To, I don't think anyone will ever go on an eight. I mean, I won't never say never, but the chances of like multiple immortals replacing other immortals mm. over a 10 year period, it's nearly impossible. Like Webkey to Petro, um, you, and then you've got like in the halves, you had Kronk on the bench. Mm. You know, you had guys like Slater being kept out by Carmichael Hunt. Like that's how good the side was. Um, you know, Lockyer got replaced by Thurston. Uh, so yeah, I, I think um, it's going to be interesting to see that the, the next generation because um, it looks good, looks mm. very good. Um, but okay, so back to back to club footy. 2011, um, you play for the All Stars uh, and you play in the Super League uh, game against the Wigan Warriors. Um, you scored two tries at DW Stadium. 
Mm. What was that like playing over there and scoring two tries? Well, I was lucky enough. I played a test match there the year before. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry, 2009, I think it was. We played the test match there. So I actually got a chance to play there before. But, um, mate, I love playing in front of the English crowds. Yeah. Well, like it is, yeah, it's one of the best things to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, playing against Wigan, um, they were coached by uh, Michael Maguire at the time. So oh, they really? were a really good defensive side. Yeah. Um, and, mate, they got out the blocks super quick. They had us, I think, two tries. Was it two tries down pretty early? And, uh, yeah, look, we didn't give ourselves the best opportunities. But as soon as we started to get some good attack and footy, like that left side that we spoke about earlier, yeah, yeah so put me in for a couple of tries. So, um, yeah, we ended up getting getting over them there. And, um yeah, it's an awesome feeling, especially, you know, World Club Challenge. You can say you're the best team in the world, basically. Yeah. So um, that was after the great success we had of 2010. You know, we you know, felt like we were the best side in the world. And yeah. um, to, you know, to get the chance to win that game as well, that was, yeah, that was an awesome experience playing in a World Club Challenge. What was it like? Did you get to celebrate over there at all? Um, yeah, we had a stopover on the way back. Um, so we... Uh, we basically went to finish the game and we got a bus straight back to the airport. We stayed at this little air, uh, hotel next to the airport. We're up nice and early and we're on a flight. And we stopped at Hong Kong on the way home. Yeah, good. So we had a night over in Hong Kong. So that was, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> what are we, loose? The boys were ready to let their hair down. Yeah. Um, oh, mate, dealing with the jet lag and whatever. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was. Would have been messy. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, bit, <laughs> it was pretty messy. It was pretty messy. Um, uh, the funny thing was we were staying in a hotel. It was called, the, I think, the Langham Palace maybe. And there was two hotels, right? So there was two called the Langham. Um, so at the end of the night, all the boys were, like getting in cabs or whatever. I'm going to the Langham. Half the boys ended up at one hotel. Half of them ended up at the other. They were like super far away from each other. <laughs> but then also the one that we were actually staying in had two towers. So wow. some blokes were like going up the wrong tower. Yeah, like, so yeah. like we literally... <laughs> got there, threw our bags in our rooms yeah. and walked straight out and gone to wherever to have a beer or whatever. Yeah. So no one even knew where yep. their rooms were. <sighs> mate, everyone's like walking around this hotel looking for their rooms. They can't, they can't speak English nah, probably most of them. no idea what was going on. So it was a funny trip. Yeah. Very funny trip. That's sick. Um, okay, so, you know, the next few years for you, just, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. You're playing for Australia. You're playing for New South Wales. You keep scoring heaps of tries. Um you go to Vegas at the end of 2012 and for one of the great, the great end of season trips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were there, mate. Yeah, you, were there. I, I was there. Uh, you know what? I think my soul is still there, actually. <laughs> I think it is still there, uh, and along with a lot of brain cells. Um, but like, so 2014, sorry, you decide to sign, um, you decide to sign with the doggies. What, what was, you know, it, you were so synonymous with the Dragons at this point, like just beloved by the fans. You played over 100, over 150 games, which is really interesting to think like, for some, I, I see you as a rooster. Like I know it's recency, but for mm. some reason I just, I don't know, it just suits in my mind. Anyway, uh, what was the thought process for signing with the Doggies? Oh, there was a few there. Um, yeah, obviously Josh was playing over at the Dogs and all throughout our career. Once we separated, we were always hoping that we'd get back together. Um, so there was that. Um, there was also the opportunity to try something new mm. as well, um, challenge myself. Uh, I'd been at the Dragons for a long time. Um, and, I've, you know, I felt at that stage in my career that, um, 
you know, if I was ever going to do it, it had, you know, it had to be then. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, things just sort of fell into place and, yeah, ended up going to the dogs over there in 2015. So. And yeah. so did the Dragons make an offer to keep you? Or was it kind of like, I want to get out of here? Yeah, it was a bit, it was a, there was a bit that happened behind the scenes that I sort of don't really want to talk okay. about too publicly, to be honest. It's... Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that happens in rugby league. Yeah. You, you know, at the start of my career, I probably would have said I'd love to be a one-club man and stay yep. there for my whole life, but things happen and things change. You know, I, uh, our rugby league's a two-way street. It isn't a one-way street. It doesn't yep. just all flow the same way and everyone's happy and everything happens the way it should. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there was a bit of stuff that happened there behind the scenes and, um you know, I mean, it's water under the bridge now. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, I still played, you know, 100 and I think I played 169 games at the club, you know, won a premiership, mm. um, played all my juniors throughout that club, got a history there. Um, and, you know, every time I walked out there wearing that jersey, I always gave my best. So, yeah. um, you know, I'd, I've still got some mates there that I'll have for the rest of my life Absolutely. that I played rugby league with and, you know, I only spoke to Benny Cray maybe two days ago. What's the great Benny Cray doing? Um, he's actually taken over his um, parents' uh, insurance company. Oh, really? Meadow. So, yeah, if you need insurance, go see Benny Cray. Benny Cray in Ferry Meadow. <laughs> yeah, I think it's he's a GIA maybe. You know what? The, but, the, um, the yeah. saddest thing with Benny Cray, and like I try to tell people, you know, the whole situation with Hodjo and like in origin of that, Benny Cray is actually one of the toughest players I've ever seen play. Mm. And a lot of people would because of the whole pushing and then, you know, whatever happened in Origin. A lot of people don't know that. They, they don't know that he is fucking, like, one of the mentally toughest guys I've ever played footy with. Yeah. I'll, I'll back you up 100%. Like, that guy is a tough dude. Yeah. Um, you know, he had chronic knee injury, basically played, I don't know, what, the last five years of his career with a chronic knee injury. Yeah, like bone like, on bone kind is, of stuff. That's hard to do. Mm. Like, to play at the highest level, week in, week out, and, mate... Never once did you hear Benny complain. Never once. Literally. He's like literally the nicest guy in the whole world. Yep. Um, but yeah, one of the toughest guys. And um, yeah, he's one of, oh, I wouldn't run straight at him. No way. Man, I <laughs> yeah, one of the best tackling techniques I've seen. If someone ran straight at him, they usually getting, they they got creased. 100%. So, um, and he always ran those hard lines. Yeah. Never took a backward step. No. Nah. I remember there was there was a stat that used to be in the big league um, most decoys. <laughs> mate, Benny Cray was always at the always top. At the but top. Mate, I'm telling you, he was running those decoys at 110 yep. mile an hour, and um, we always used to give Benny Hornby a bit of stick. Mate, just pass him the ball, get him off this list. <laughs> Far out. Give someone else number one for a to- for a, for a change. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. As I said, my career at the Dragons, the way it ended, you know, everything happens for a reason, and. Yep. Um, yeah, it is what it is. And so you go to the doggies and you go to the mad professor, professor <laughs> Desi Gazza. What was it like first few weeks working with Desi going, wow, what he's actually doing? Oh, uh, look, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool actually, to be honest. Like yeah. obviously seeing Desi in the media and the way that you know, he talks and he's portrayed like, you know, you see Desi in the media and he talks real slow and it's, yeah. everything's calculated and controlled. First time I met him, he was talking to me at 100 mile an hour and <laughs> and I was like, I had to put my hand over my mouth and I was like trying not to laugh because <laughs> I had in my head that he was just going to talk to me the same way he does in his press conference. Yeah. So like I was like straight away like, holy What's crap, doing? this guy's completely different. And yeah. Hey, he's a character too. Like he's a he's a really funny dude. But yep. yeah, as you said, very technical. Um, 
Yeah, some of the video sessions were quite long to get used to them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed my time playing under Desi and obviously that side that I came into, um, they'd been in the grand final the year before yep. and lost. So, um, you know, they're looking to make amends and had a really good, really good squad and a really good roster um, for a couple of seasons there. And, um, you know, I was very excited by the prospect that there could be another opportunity to win a comp for sure. And so first year... Like score four, uh, 14 tries. Oh, no, sorry, that's the so first year, nine tries, 16 matches. Um, played in two of the three games, State Origin again. Like at this at this stage of your career, where's your headspace at? Are you just thinking premierships? You know, is that, is that just like you're in that's more premierships? Yep, yep, 100%. Yeah, all that's all I wanted to do was to try and win, win more premierships. Um, that year, I think, I, yeah, I tore my hammy really badly. Um, it was in that Good Friday game against yep. South, um, where everyone lost their crap. It was well, the last play of the game, and I tore my hammy. I tore my hammy tendon pretty badly, and I was out for maybe out till about like round sixteen or something. Yep. Before I came back, um, so yeah, it was a. I was a long time on the sidelines, and you know, being new to a club, that's the last thing you want to yeah, do. Absolutely. Is like, so like that was a little bit frustrating. But by the time I come back, so the guys. It was was this the game against the doggies where everyone was fighting and you were fighting your brother? No, no that, that was that was two thousand and nine at Wynn Stadium. That oh, was fuck, that's, that's earlier. Yeah, that fuck. was it. No, that it was the one where James Graham went for the charge down and hit Adam Reynolds' ankle. Oh, and he got um, and they ended up getting a penalty because no one knew the rule then. Yeah, right. So he missed the field goal and the ball went like twenty meters away from the post. Yeah, and they got the penalty right in front. We're like, what the heck? How does this work? Like, yeah. we literally no one knew the rule. So yeah, there was a bit of an uproar about that. Um, and at that stage, we were winning by one point, so they kick the goal. They, they go up and they're beating us. Yeah, um, yeah so I yeah, taught me how me the last play of the game. So for me, that was pretty frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I still thought, you know, we were playing really good footy that year. Uh, I thought we were a big chance of, um, you know, going on further with it. I think we played the Dragons. Yeah, we played the Dragons first week of the finals, so... That was, you know, coming up yeah. against the old team in the finals. Uh, we ended up beating them. I think we played the Roosters the week after. And they they knocked us out, actually. They knocked us out, yeah. So, And then 2016 comes around. We're still very similar side. Yeah. Um, still believe we've got a fair chance of winning. Um, I think we, we might have played... We might have lost a couple of games there towards the back end of the year. I think we finished in the bottom half of the table. I think we played Penrith. I think we played Penrith week one of the finals and I think they knocked us out. I don't think we played our best footy and we ended up getting knocked out. So, yep. And then after that, the dogs, it was sort of um, all that sort of stuff started happening off field with boards and, yep. and whatnot and players moving on. And, you know, some of these players were fan favourites, not only fan favourites, but player favourites. You know, like you had Josh Reynolds and James Graham move mm. on. These are guys that, you know, you loved having in the club. Especially off the field, you know, yep. in the change rooms, around, uh, you know, lighten the mood. Like you always need, you know, some of these guys, these characters in rugby league teams. You need them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Some of them are outstanding players and their characters as well. Some aren't, you know, they're, you know, they'll do their job. Yeah. Um, some aren't even the best players, but they are amazing clubmen. Yeah, and absolutely. And these are the people that you love having around the club because they. You know, when the mood starts getting down or whatever, these guys tend to bring it back up. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, obviously we had Josh Reynolds, outstanding player as well. Um, 
James Graham, absolute top player. If you've ever, ever yeah. had a beer with him or spoke to him Legend. off the field, one of the funniest guys getting around. So there was a lot of changes and, I, you know, it, I think it affected our football. Um, and then obviously Desi got moved on and Dean Pay was brought in in 2018. Again, changes and whatnot. So, um, you know, whilst you're going out there trying to play your best footy, um, there's a lot of stuff that was happening that was affecting the team and it was affecting everyone. So, um, you know, I sort of realised that that was, you know, probably a lost opportunity there. And, um, you know, I was off contract at the end of 2018. And um, so, I like, I knew that. And uh, with the way that things were going, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have stayed at the Dogs if – Regardless, they didn't offer me a contract. So mm. even if they offered me one, I probably probably wouldn't have stayed. I would have been looking to go elsewhere. Um, just get, just with everything that had happened, yeah. and if, you know, for me again, felt like I needed a fresh start. Needed to. Um, did you did you, know, you, did you lose myself. a bit of love for the game in that that period? Or yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, a yeah, little bit. I think also, again, I had sort of injuries as well. That I had an injury. Uh, yeah, well, I mean. End of 2015, I had surgery, right? I had mm. surgery on my knee. Um, I did like a thing with, um, it's called microfracture, and I had put, um, stem cells put in my knee. And the surgery, um, it didn't go as planned. Uh, so round one of 2016, I go back in and have exactly the same surgery minus the stem cells. So I basically missed two-thirds of the 2016 season. So I had the microfracture uh, <coughs> surgery twice, so... I, you know, my knee, I had pain in my knee for all the way up until 2018, basically, wow. from from those surgeries. Like, mm. um, it was a fighting battle to try and get the swelling down week in, week out. So, like, just little stuff like that. We weren't winning games of footy. Mate, I was always trying hard. Like, yeah. you, I, was, I would never go out and put in a crap performance. You know, I yeah. just wouldn't do that. That's not in my nature. I'd always go out and give 100%. But, you know, there's times where you're just going, yeah, this is crap. We're getting towed up. We're putting in this much effort. My knee feels crap. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm always in pain. Um, and I, like, I'm one of these guys. I don't like taking anything. Like, I don't like taking supplements. I, you know, barely even take Panadol, to be honest. Like, mm. I just rather just deal with it naturally or whatever. But, you know, for the knee, I had to take any in flams and oh, man, like, constantly. It felt like I was just constantly taking them and yep. yeah, mess with your guts and all types of, all types of crap. So... Yeah, I mean, those, like the back end of those years of the dogs were quite frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, like getting a fresh start, I, I still knew I could play good footy. I just had to get my body right. I just needed, yeah, the mental side, probably a fresh start to, you know, um, yeah, have that opportunity to start learning again. Because, you know, I feel whenever I've had to learn or relearn things again, it brings you out the best in me because okay. you, you're basically going back to the bottom of the ladder and you've got to work your way back up it. Yep. Right, so it's almost like you've been like I know I played uh, what twelve years by the time I got to the Roosters, but mm. it felt like when I went there, I was back at the bottom of the rank. I had to earn the respect of everyone there involved. I had mm. to like to learn everything again, and for me that was always exciting. Yeah, because it was a new challenge. So I mean, when I got um, the phone call that off my manager that Robbo was keen, I was like, really? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, Because like, yeah. at this stage, like, I'd been watching them. They, like, you know, over the previous season, you know, they obviously won in 2013. But, no, all the way through, every time we played them, it was always a hard game. Yeah. Like, you walked off the field saying, that's a bloody good football. So, I knew respected yeah. them. Like, so, 
when I got that call, like I was over the moon. Really? Over the moon. It was funny too because when I met up with Robbo, um, I had like a leak at my house, right? So I had insurance. Yeah. Had to come and fix it all. And, mate, it was just – it was like a worst nightmare, whatever. And we ended up – they put us up in the um, – uh, the Quest Service Apartments, which is above Northies at Cronulla. Oh, no. So I literally, it was like round five I went in there, right? <laughs> and it would have been maybe sort of the back end towards the, like, 17 or 18 that I actually met with Robbo. Yeah. And um, so at this stage, I sort of knew the people downstairs that were, worked at the Quest because, you know, I'd see them every day walking in, there, in or out or whatever. And they're like, oh, that Trent Robinson just came in. Do you know why he'd come in here? And I was like, no idea. I don't know what he's doing out here. <laughs> Roosters, I've got no idea. I'm yeah. dogs. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, it was funny trying to play that off. But, yeah, like meeting, literally meeting Robbo in a service department. And he was like, uh, is this where you live? And I was like, <laughs> life's gone tough. Nah, <laughs> and I literally had my baby like a week before my my third child, a yeah. week before. So we bought a newborn home. Like, yeah. the new, we're in a two-bedroom little service oh, department. No. Newborn, like, crying. And my wife's like, there. She's tough, just like, times are tough, bro. I was like, oh, no. I actually, <laughs> I actually live around the corner. <laughs> but yeah, it was um it was an interesting meeting. But um yeah, I mean everything that he said to me, like I was yeah, I was excited and then mm. as soon as he left I was like to my manager, I don't care what they pay me, just get me there. Really? Just yep. I just want to be there. Yeah. Wow. That's um for a player in your position that had, you know, achieved so much, that's like that shows you how much you wanted to be there, you know. Mm. So when you rock up for the first, you know, preseason session, was there a notice noticeable difference of like, wow, this is there's a levels and this is there these guys are at the tippy top. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I rocked up November one, so I was there with, with all, all the, the young, young kids. Like yeah. literally, oh, I think I was like the closest person to me was like twenty one, and I was like thirty two. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh my god, there's a bit of an age, but all these kids were ripping in. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously with the coaching and all the techniques and all that sort of stuff, like just the, their mindset, like you could tell it was just an extremely well-run club, like coaching staff. And not only coaching staff, you know, from the, you know all the admin staff, you know, trickle all the way down from the board, whatever, like mm. everyone there is just extremely good at what they do. Um, and every time you walk in there, they want to make you a better person. And how do they make you be a better person? You know, they just do their job extremely well. And yeah. Um, everyone in there is just yeah, they're amazing people. Like it, I don't know, you know, it might sound like a bit of a suck up, but that, that's the people there. There's good people within that club, and that's why they get good results. Yeah, because the people care about you and they want to make you a better person and a better player. Yeah, it's uh, it's about more than just rugby league. It's, it's about the whole, the whole um, yeah, I guess the whole facet of being a person really. Yeah, well, I mean, rugby league is only a small part of our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much away from, you know, training and playing. Um, and if you're a decent human being, um, you know, you get a lot of respect out of that. Mm. And, um, yeah, as I said, like everyone there wants to see you succeed. They want to see you become a better person, better player, um, yeah, better husband, better son, all that type of jazz. So, um, and yeah, I mean, there's no egos at all. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions that people at the Roosters have, got these big heads because they live in the eastern suburbs yeah, yeah. or whatever but it's not like that i think this year was such a good example of like and i said it every single i feel like i said it every week on the podcast but i was just like this year was such a you got to see the tough underbelly of the club like you got to see the true what the club is really about i think sometimes because you've got so many superstars very easy to go oh this is a superstar you know easy i guess 
things come easy for these superstars, whereas this year showed, now this is a gritty, tough club that is misconstrued as like eastern suburbs. Mm. Um, things come easy. Um, okay, so 2018 season, you've, they obviously – so 2019, sorry. 2018, they obviously win the comp. 2019, you know, you basically – you fight your, you don't have to fight your way into the side, but you have to earn, earn back that form, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, what was that whole like – a whole year like for you you know yeah look it was yeah as i said like really really good for me like just fresh start um new beginning so yeah and for me that always meant that you had to work hard you had to train hard you had to put in um you know i did that regardless but like um you had to show these guys that you were serious that yeah. you you were here they were coming off a competition win that you wanted the same success that they had mm. and the only way you could do that was by working hard and showing them that you were prepared to work so um you know, we also had Ryan Hall who'd come over from England. Um, yep. He was coming off the back of a knee injury, which was, wasn't ideal for him. But, um, you know, I, I started the there, um, played South, first game, th- thought I had a pretty decent game. Yep. Second game, we play Manly, and um, it's a pouring down rain. And uh, and I, we made a break or something. I was supporting someone. I got tackled from behind, and my knee goes into the ground. And... Uh, literally goes down about that deep twist so I tear my medial um like pcl damage as well so i ended up missing until about round 15 or something like that so again had a new club yeah um injury i'm just like not again but obviously i had dealt with that and in that time uh we had maddie cavallo sort of come in fill the void and then hawley as well um uh, and then I think Hawley might have dislocated his kneecap or something at training, and it was oh. just when I was literally about due to come back. So yep. uh, it was almost like a sliding doors moment. I come mm. back into the side, and then from there, played the rest of the year. And um, you know, obviously, outstanding side, like you said, rock star side. Like you know, Teddy's doing some unbelievable things. Crazy. Yeah, Coops is controlling the ship, mm. doing an extremely good job. You know, Jazz is up front leading all the forwards. All these boys are stepping up. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, going through the final series, we played uh, week one. We played South. Uh, we played them again. I think the week before, maybe. And I think they beat us. I think they beat us. So we're coming into the final series. They're, um, you know, they're coming into it pretty confident because they knocked us off the week before. And uh, we, I think we beat them thirty to six. So a really good win. Um, and then we get the week off, and then we're playing Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne at uh, at the SCG. Yeah. So uh, we knew that was going to be an extremely hard game. Um, and, mate, that was, yeah, I mean, one of, that was probably one of the most physical um, finals games I've played in. Like they, you know, again, awesome side, and they yep. have proven that year after year after year. I mean, I remember, the, like, the kickoff to that game. So we've kicked it down. Big Nelson's charged back off the kickoff. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Um I don't know how, like, because I, I was on the wing. I think maybe Coops pushed out to the wing and I ran down just inside him, so I was at the centre or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I ended up in the tackle with Big Nelson, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, Siwa's in there over the top or whatever. And we stand up. I'm I, at second marker. And all of a sudden, I just <laughs> bunch of start going. And I'm like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just bailed. So Kenny Bromwich was taking a hit up and he sort of saw that there was a bit of gap there because no mark come out. So yeah. I had to make the tackle. And I was yeah. just like, these big boys are oh, going, oh, bro, I'm no out. Way. See you, lads. Yep. Uh, they ended up getting both getting 10 in the bin. So yep. literally, first 
10 seconds of the game and it's on. It's so on. That's, um, that's set up for a very good game. And, yeah, I remember walking off after that one so, so pumped. Um, you know, being a grand final again, um, taking so long, so much had gone in between that and my last one. Obviously, you know, leaving clubs, injuries, um, form, setbacks, whatever, um, to finally get there to that um, end goal again was, yeah, was an amazing feeling. And, um, you know, we knew we were coming up against Canberra who were playing some really good footy, so it was going to be a tough ask. Yeah. So, yeah, Canberra, the, the famous six again grand final. <laughs> um, you guys, that, I hate that the six again See, I drama knew, happened. I knew that wasn't six again, but because I was standing right behind it when it happened. Yeah. Well, I, so if you see all of us playing the whistle, it's because we knew that it, like, it wasn't was six, six again. again so yeah. they were probably going to like throw it around a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we didn't see any of that stuff because it all happened behind us, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm standing behind Teddy. I know that he hasn't touched the ball, so I know it's not six again. I know yeah. it's come off one of their players. Yeah. So I'm running around, like, trying to freaking tackle everything yeah. that moves because I know that if they get the ball away, they're going to offload, 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 kick or whatever. Yeah. So, well, like, what, we, we just played to the whistle because, mate, we didn't hear it and yeah. we knew that Teddy hadn't touched it. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I wish it never happened because your, your defence in that game – one of the great performances. Mm. Like, but it gets, it, it just doesn't get appreciated enough. The fact that you guys defended on your line for so many sets and you were under the pump constantly. And it, it was one of the great defensive efforts. I, I like, I, seriously, I just thought it was, yeah, it was incredible. Do you, so what, what do you remember from that grand final? Is that something you remember? Constantly yeah, defending? I definitely like, yeah, it definitely felt like our defense was on. Um, you know, we knew if we could score one more try that, you know, we're probably going to win that game. Yep. You know, obviously we lost Cooper to 10 in the bin and, um, mate, they were just coming at us nonstop. Uh, they kept kicking it into my corner. Um, so, it, you know, I just knew I had to do my job and keep diffusing them and not make any errors, not let them sort of get a chance to get a sniff there. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously once Cooper comes back on and we're at full strength again, it's like, well, let's turn it up a yep. notch now. Like, I mean, all these guys are, like, blowing, like, mm. And Kiri's busted. Sucking in seagulls. Kiri's like, ankle was busted, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Completely like he yeah. shouldn't have played. Yeah. So he's, yeah, mate, it was amazing what he did. But, yeah, yeah I mean, everyone's, you know, obviously hurting from the defence yeah. that we were put through. But once we got that, you know, extra man back on and realised, you know, they haven't made a dent, let's yeah. go here. And then you, all we needed was that one, yeah. one chance. And, yeah. So Boyd Corner gets a quick play of the ball. Kiri goes long, comes back to the short side. Trell, yeah, at the back, Tupi down the sideline, Teddy up the middle. What do you um, What do you think? Oh, I just remember seeing Teddy running towards the try line and just arms in the air, like I was absolutely staffed. Yeah, and, but like sprinted, yeah, sprinted down there to like jumble. Yeah, yeah, like carry down. on, like because like yeah, as you said, the amount of pressure that we'd been under <sighs> and like Crazy. had to withstand and um, to know that we could not only withstand it but then go on to score points. Yeah, um, yeah, look. That was a yeah a massive turning point. Mm. I mean, obviously we knew that that was still going to be coming, but to just give us that breathing space. Yeah, um, you know, it, like be comfortable being uncomfortable yep. with what they were going to put us through, but knowing that we had that buffer and that you know this game was ours to win. So, mm. um, so the siren goes. What are you What are you thinking? Oh, I can't say it. <laughs> I can't use the words um, But mate I was just Over the moon And um, 
mate, it's I don't know who took the shot, but it's one of my favourite shots. Um, I've actually got it framed at home. There's a photo of me just looking up to the sky. Just I was basically just let out everything that I had in my body. Yeah, like I was just so relieved, so over the moon, and um, mate, yeah, it's yeah again like one of the best feelings, and I, I definitely appreciated this one. A whole lot more just because of what I'd been through, for like you know, all yep. the years in the lead up to to get to that point, and uh, you know, I was, you know had to prove myself over and over. I felt, and um, yeah, to get to that win, like, mate, it was incredible. It was mm. amazing, and like, not only that, like these guys had gone back to back, so like I was pumped Crazy. for them. Like this is something that hadn't happened. Mm. Um, so like, the win for these guys as well was historic. Mm. Like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was so much emotion, like, yeah, and it just, yeah, all just come out, which was good. I, I got to do it in front of my own family. Yeah. You know, my wife, like, yeah, obviously I had, um, you know, my mum and whatever that there for the first grand final. Um, Kate was there as a my, my wife was there as well, but wife, kids, yeah. uh, get to share that with them, like mm. take them out on the field. Oh, there's a picture. There's the picture there. What mate. a photo. Yeah, that's the one. Look at that shit. That's um, that's what a grand final win feels like. Oh man, how good! That's sick. Yeah, sick photo. We're, you know what? We're not going to show anyone on the the, the um, YouTube, so that you can see. They go, what the, what the fuck are they looking at? What the fuck are they looking at? Yeah, mate, it's amazing. <laughs> no, we'll put Honestly, it up. We'll put it up on the YouTube. Like I said, sure it's, put it up, um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite photos of my you know my career definitely mate. because there's so much that goes into that photo. Well, because like you've, you you kind of and you know correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of skimmed over a little bit, but you know. At the dogs, it wasn't like I assume every club was chasing you. You had to fight, at, like the Trent Robinson reaching out. Mm. You weren't going. You weren't signed there as like, oh, you're you're our marquee winger. Like you're yeah. going to be. You were signed there as you had an incredible career. You may be on the tail end, but maybe you still got more in you. Yeah. You know, you had to fight to yeah, get for sure. get back to where you were. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's exactly how. It yeah. went pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And like you kind of skimmed over it. But like, like I remember when you signed for the Roosters, it wasn't a signing of like, oh, fuck, Brett Morris is signed. He's the face of the club. Because like, if you know, you, you put it this way, you from Dragons to Doggies was a massive deal because you were best ring in the comp, had been for a period. Whereas, as I that's why I asked you, did you feel like you kind of lost a bit of love for the game? Because mm. the Doggies just didn't seem, it, watching you play, it just didn't seem towards the end there that you were mm. loving it as much. Yeah. Um, and so to go on and, and go to the Roosters back to back, like you're part of that second side that wins again. Um, what 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 did Robbo say in the sheds after? Or oh, look, much? obviously just yeah, massive achievement. Like these guys, you know, I'd only been there for the one year, but for these guys to to go back to back was yep. yeah, I mean, huge. You're sorry, like crazy. Just doesn't happen how, these days. You don't understand how hard that is. And like, you know how hard it is to win one comp, but let alone go on and yep. win another. Like every week. Is like a grand final because yeah. you know every team wants to beat the premiers from last year. Absolutely, and like yeah, I mean, so <laughs> the next year was even harder. Yeah. Obviously, you know, coming off the back of back-to-back grand final wins, but yeah, I mean, that year was very special. And um, I don't know how they felt, but I felt the whole year that we were going to win the comp. Yep. I mean, yeah, he's looked he's looked so good, especially earlier in the year. Um, What's what's something that like you know you've had a numerous different coaches now you've had Bennett, you've had Desi, um, and now you've had Trent Robinson and like Desi is right up there in my opinion with the great coaches. I probably at the moment for me it would probably go like Wayne Bellamy Robinson, but Trent is only th- like forty early forties, mm. 
So he's still got another, like, if he wants to, 15 years. What's something that, you know, that Trent brings that you feel is very unique to him? I think Robbo's, you know, he's the whole package. I call him Trent because he's my mate. (laughs) (laughs) His whole package, like, as in coaching, like, he understands the people. So he's a great people person. Mm. He understands the game really well. I mean, both sides of the game, attack, defence. Also, the mindset that goes behind rugby league. But then also there's the mindset away from rugby league about, you know, what you need to be doing. And it's not always the most, um, what do I say, mainstream way to go about things. He likes to do things a little bit differently, Mm. which opens your mind up uh, to different experiences. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I sort of haven't had uh, from these other coaches that I had before. Um, Rugby league is very bubble-like. You know, you, there's like a way you talk, you do things, yeah. and those are certain things you're interested in, and that's it usually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously with Wayne, I had Wayne, you know, Wayne's an outstanding coach, but, you know, great people person, but, you know, Wayne hates like video sessions. He hates all that sort yeah, of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. So Wayne obviously is very smart and that he's, you know, gets great coaches with him as well that, mm. you know, pick up on those other parts that he dislikes. Yeah. You know, we had Steve Price there at the Dragons, great assistant coach. He, you know, helped Wayne. Wayne was, you know, massive on the attack. Price, he was big on the defence. And, yep. you know, again, like at South, you know, we saw just recently his assistant's gone on to take that role yep. as head coach next year. So Wayne, again, like a great people person, knows how to get the best out of the cares about the player. Like, thing i've said about wayne is wayne can walk in a room and he'll understand how a person works in 10 minutes literally literally like can crazy. walk away and knows you know what he needs to do to get that yep. person to perform their best week in week out mm. and what they need to be doing off the field to yep. you know to maintain that and be a good person a good player desi again very technical coach like i said some very long video sessions sometimes you knew the opposition better than they knew themselves yep. like you could literally literally say every play they were going to do yeah, wow. um and, yeah, again, like the people side, but Desi would have other people that could come in and fill that with assistant, you know, coaches and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas I think Robbo's got the balance of all of it. Yeah. And does it all really well. Um, yeah, he's definitely one of the smartest coaches I've played under. And um, not only that, like you think you sort of know a fair bit about rugby league and then he asks you a question and you just, oh, sh- Okay, maybe I don't know that much. Stump me here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it gets you, like I said, thinking outside the box, thinking about all the different sort of options there are. There's not always, you know, one option. There's, you know, different options that you can sort of go down to, to get yeah. the same result. And mm. um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's a wonderful coach and, yeah. He was actually my coach of the year this year. I know, I you know, obviously Bellamy's fucking amazing and they went on that streak. But I just thought what Trent managed to do with, a you know, basically half – probably half a reserve grade side. And that's no disrespect to the younger guys. It's just, you know, the way footy is. Um, I thought it was amazing. What I, I also listened to a podcast that he did with Mark Boris and how I was shocked at uh, how philosophical he was, like into things like like Marcus Aurelius is, you know, he's a Roman Empire, uh, Roman, Roman general, like, and as you said, that's very outside the box. Like yeah. you don't have philosophical discussions around footy. You're yeah. talking about the punt. You're talking about footy and beers. That's it. That's it. Um, heads will explode if you go down a different route. Um, yeah, I, I think if he continues on this trajectory, he's on the trajectory to be one of the, if not the greatest, definitely. He's already one of the greatest in my opinion. Um, okay, so you win that uh, grand final and then, you know, going into 
2020, uh, the great Josh Morris of Morris fame, that's your twin brother, uh, he gets released from the Sharks and joins you. How stoked were you to think, fuck, I might finish my... Like, the chances of that happening are so small. How stoked were you that happened? Yeah, look, that was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie, that was that was pretty awesome. Obviously, things happened there over there at the Sharks and yep. they had a bit of salary cap trouble and they had to um, had to move, you know, someone on. So. <laughs> and then one of their players got pinged. Um, what are the chances? Like, yeah. they got this gun centre, like, Australian centre. <laughs> and they're like... Oh, yeah, sweet, you can go. And then, boom, the young kid that really hasn't proved anything. Don't get me wrong, Bronson had a lot of potential and he may still come back and kill it. But I tell you what, you got an Australian centre, <laughs> you keep him happy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that happened. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he got to come over. and um, <laughs> It was interesting because his first day he come in to training and literally we had like a meeting because we'd play the game the, the day before that. We had our meetings or whatever, so he's come in just – been a part of that, met all the boys. And then as we were literally walking out of the meeting room, they're like, ah, oh, the comp's off. And he's like, oh, what? Like, they've shut the comp down because of COVID. So no literally, way. he's like, are we playing again this year? What's happening? Yeah, like, we just do I have a job? <laughs> What's going on? So like, it was pretty funny. But yeah. in that time, obviously, we had the break um, for COVID. So we had to train. Mm. So it was a good thing that um, we sort of had that break because it gave him an opportunity to learn the way that we train. Yeah, okay. Because obviously the way that clubs train are yeah, different from every club you yeah. go to. And um, yeah, you got a bit of a rude shock with some of the training sessions we did. He yeah, okay. sort of done stuff like that for a long time. So it was quite fun doing uh, fitness sessions with him. And so what was I he? was feeling good and he was it's really bad <laughs> like he was about to die or spew so what kind of did you do i was it i guess like heavy wrestling or was it no it wasn't so much heavy it was more like the field conditioning cardio okay. sessions that sort of just the way that we sort of trained uh at the intensity at which we trained because that's the way that we train when we go against each other yeah okay, okay. so like when we're you know doing our opposed sessions or whatever against you know our reserve grade team or whatever it's quite high intensity. So yeah. we sort of train that way regardless of what we're doing. So okay. just sort of teaching him that this is this is the way that we train. Yep. And, you know, if he was doing something and it looked like he wasn't going 100 mile an hour, I'd chip him and then yep. the next one he would and okay. whatever. So, um, yeah, like he was for the first couple of weeks, it was a lot of lactic acid that he was yep. dealing with. Yep. And um, But by the time... We got back to playing. He was flying. Yeah, okay. And like, if you watch a couple of his first games that he played after the break, like, yeah. uh, not just him, the whole team. Yeah. Like, we were flying. We oh, come out of that COVID break. teams out and of the we break. And we were, like, in that good a nick. And, we, like, it's just the way that we, you know, had prepared. And I think it might have caught up with us a bit at the back end. Yeah, I was going to say, um, do you think you's maybe Because it was a long much? year. Yeah. It was a long year. Like, yeah. it was, like... Did a preseason and then another played pre-season. a couple of games and basically did a mini preseason in between yep. it. Start playing because you were blowing teams yeah. off. Like it was yeah. like holy shit, they might go back to back, yeah. like triple back to back. Oh, we were yeah, we were playing some really good footy and yep. um, yeah. I mean, obviously, what happened at the back end of the year, like yeah, I don't know. It just it was you know one of those things you can't really explain. To yeah, because I mean. like it wasn't like we weren't trying or anything yeah. like that. We certainly were. Well, so. it's, it's interesting because like. For example, a lot of the, the Rabbitohs players just got told, don't even think about footy. Mm. Just go do your thing. And that's such a gamble. Mm. That's such a gamble because a lot of players can go get fat as anything yeah. in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, for you guys, you, you just did the smart thing, like stay in shape, let's mm. just get ready. But you, as you said, no one can pre- – like how, how could you possibly predict that the, the season would feel as long as it felt? Yeah. It's, it's never been done before. No. So it's very hard to gauge like, oh, do we let them relax? Do, you know, you yeah, just don't yeah. know. Well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it was an unknown. Yeah. It was an unknown, something we haven't encountered before. So I think everyone sort of learned a lot from that. And then and the, but what, just quickly, you know, obviously sorry. moving into the new year, everything was a lot shorter because of how long yeah. we actually went into yeah. the year. So there was only so much training you could actually yeah. do before this season started again. So, well, And what was really interesting actually is the Melbourne Storm, when they came out of the break, they were terrible. Mm. And so, like, it just shows you that, that was, it was such a weird year. It was almost like you were too, too professional for your own good. Again, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Like, but yeah. you, you, when you came out, I, I remember watching you going, no one's going to beat this team. They're unbelievably um, – they're killing it. And you're right. And then that, that preseason was even shorter coming into this year. Mm. So at least – I mean, obviously, you, I mean, you're assistant coach now, but um, at least with this preseason now, it's like fully yeah. back to normal kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's obviously going to be a good thing for everyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously COVID it happened. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's throwing a spanner in the works as to the way that the competition has, you know, run over the last two years. And not only that, we had all these rule changes as well. Crazy. Thrown in, you know, we've had, you know, disrupted seasons, pre-seasons, new rules. Like, yeah. <laughs> it all adds up to what it is now. What was it like, you know, because you've been around, you've been around pre-wrestle when the wrestle come in. Because wrestle came in 2007. And oh, so, we were doing it before then. You are doing it before then? Yeah. Not um, not as seriously. Not as seriously. Like, it yeah. was still part of the game, but it yeah. wasn't like you had sessions lessons. dedicated to yeah. it and you were going outside to another venue to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so you would have seen you've seen quite a different kind of footy. What was it like when the rule changes came in? Was it just so quick the game? Like yeah, yeah, yeah like it was fast. Yeah. It was, I actually didn't mind it because you know I said this to Robert. Like I can float infield now and yep. I can just sort of support for a couple of plays or whatever around the ruck because the ruck's just opening up. Yeah, like as soon as you get one quick play of the ball, it's very hard to get Pull momentum back. back. Like you see it in any game. As soon as a team starts getting momentum. Mm. Usually doesn't stop till they score. It's crazy. It's right. crazy. And so team just said stuff it will lie on you. Give the penalty away. Exactly. And then they've sort of brought that in. Like the thing I'd like to see is like bring a penalty back if you're coming out of your own half. Hundred percent. I don't want a six again when I'm one meter off my try line. Yeah, one tackle, mad. Because yeah, because you give me an extra tackle and yeah. they just slowed it right up so they can tighten their line up, get yep. line speed and bashes. Yeah. Let me kick the ball out thirty meters 100%. down. See if, see if they're going to lay there again for ten seconds next yep. time they make the tackle. Totally. I oh, totally that's agree. one thing. I think they sort of got wrong because it, it just allowed teams to do that. And some teams are smarter than others. Some mm. teams do it really well. Other yep. teams, you know, they try and uphold the integrity and they don't want to do stuff like that. That's fair enough. Everyone yep. plays the game the way that they play it. Everyone looks for certain advantages. You know, it's just the way that rugby league mm. is. It's the way that it always will be. There will be teams that work out how to do things better than others. Yep. But I think that's one thing that um, that really annoyed me is like, and just let them kick for touch. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will improve the discipline because they won't then go and lay on them. Yep. And how much does that slow the game up? Yeah. Oh, man. It's torture. They kick it touch. They run down and get it. They put the ball in play. What's that? Yeah. Extra 10 seconds or whatever. Well, it's also, That's just what the play of the ball just took up. Yep. Absolutely. And also, it's actually more exciting because now it's an attacking set. Exactly. They're going to finish their set towards the end. Like, they should get an attacking kick at yep. the end of their set. Exactly. And that's your punishment for laying over there and 
10 second play 100%. the ball and trying to get an advantage 100 and this this is where i feel like and you know obviously we probably can't go deep into it because um, you're still involved whereas i get to say whatever i want because i'm not involved <laughs> um but this is where i feel like it should have been tested this all of this these changes should have been tested in reserve grade because then we would have seen oh wait a sec this this is what's going to happen and then we wouldn't have had a situation where i probably reckon this year there was maybe four or five teams that really abused the system and most of the other teams are like we're not really going to do that whereas yeah ho- hopefully they change it we'll see we'll see what happens yeah i mean yeah i mean it's interesting like i i didn't think there was anything wrong with our game to change it in the first place i thought yep. we had a great product it's mm. amazing to watch on tv extraordinary athletes that yep. are putting in week in week out um who are already pushing their you know their <laughs> body to the limits yes. to the max um yep. so i mean as you said like they tried and tested they didn't have an opportunity because the reserve grade comp wasn't there mm. i don't know yeah but, I, you know, I would I'm have not waited. it's for smarter people to work yes, at than us absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah. um okay so obviously this year um you retire and, and obviously your, your brother also was that always a plan do you think or not really subconsciously uh, maybe because I'll, I'll be I, honest i, I kind of thought he was well it's pretty easy to think he's going to retire when we both sitting there at the end of preseason saying, "Thank God we don't have another <laughs> one of them." Because <laughs> I'll be honest, and, and this I could be totally wrong, but it looked to me towards the end that Josh he missed you yeah. on the field. And that's what it looked like to me. It looked like he just missed. You know, he just he'd come to the Roosters to play with you, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I heard you know a fair few people say that yep. as well. Uh, other people, and yeah, I mean his form sort of was dipping in and out of games. Um, Oh, I think, you know, having me out there was always that, well, I've just seen him do that. I want to do something yeah. better. Like we always sort of, it was a competitiveness. It was always, it was never any bitterness or animosity no. towards each other. It was always trying to get the best out of each other. So yep. like, you know, if I did something good, I'm like, well, now it's your turn. You know yep, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, almost you look at each other as if to say, well, you, come on, you got to yep. lift here. And I think, I think you definitely missed that. I, yeah, I probably should have told him maybe, on another one of the boys to do it with yeah. or something yeah. like that you know like yeah um because you know we've been doing our whole lives against each other mm. and you know when you're missing that sort of part i can understand why mm. um, why something like that would happen but you know yeah i thought yeah going back to the retirement i thought he was going to retire at the end of this year so yeah okay <laughs> well um I, I think it's i think it's so good i think it's so good that you've got to play together um you know one more time before uh you know you hung the boots up um how excited are you for the assistant coaching role like that's crazy happened so quickly too it wasn't like you had a few years out and then you come back or whatever Mm. um yeah how excited are you yeah i'm pumped mate um you know i've been involved in rugby league since i was four years old it's all i've ever known um you know yeah over my career um you know i've always sort of been one of these guys that likes to lead by example with the mm. way that I played. Um, not always the biggest talker, but usually when I spoke, people would listen. Mm. Um, and, you know, towards the back end of my career, you know, probably from, you know, late 20s in well into my 30s, I was always trying to mentor these younger kids to try and teach them, you know, ways to become better players, you know, parts of their games where they could improve on or, you know, certain situations. So I think that definitely applies to coaching as well. I can, you know get my hands on them and help them in certain positions mm. um you know wingers centers whatever 
definitely helped them guys. Played a lot of football in the outside backs. And uh, I think the, the biggest part, like, playing, like, I learned a lot more in the back end of my career just about picking sides apart, like, mm. how to go about that, you know, attacking-wise. And then not only that, but shutting teams down with, you know, defensive styles and patterns and whatnot. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm, like, I'm over the moon that I'm, I've been lucky enough to – to get an assistance role and um yeah it starts soon starts oh, very soon so crazy. yeah very excited gonna be one of those dudes walking around with your little clip pad <laughs> while the boys are getting tailed <laughs> up i keep getting told take a picture of your hair and i'm like mate i've got <laughs> i don't yeah. care about my hair like it's already gray like <laughs> yeah, what happens yeah. if i lose it who cares but the thing is like i've got football cards for the last 15 years i can slowly see my <laughs> hairline receding and getting grayer so i don't need to take a photo yeah. now. it's already proof yeah if my hair goes it goes, it goes. yeah yeah 100 i need to make it work <laughs> um yeah I, I think it's so good that you are if you could you know now that it's all said and done what like, what stands out for you the most in your career? Um, definitely the grand finals. Yeah. Definitely the grand finals because, you know, they're, like, achievements that you remember for the rest of your life. Like, yep. just just what you go through with those guys for the whole year and then, you know, to reach that final stage and hold up the trophy. Like, it's not only just you that gets the enjoyment out of that, it's all the guys that you've worked so hard next to in the trenches with you know going through all the all the battles week in week out and you get to get to share that together um you know representing my state my country but yeah doing it with josh as well Mm. um doing it with my best mate having that um having that brother right alongside me the whole way Mm. yeah that was um yeah i mean that's amazing yeah it's stuff you can only dream of you know you get to live out your dream yeah with your best mate crazy and they're living theirs as well so good so good what's he what's he gonna do now well, he's taken a fair bit of uh, time up with the beer. Okay. So, uh, if anyone knows Josh, he loves to talk. So, okay. That's that's the way that people can tell the difference between me and Josh. When we walk into a room, you'll know who's who after about ten minutes because Josh <laughs> doesn't shut up, and I'm usually sitting there quietly just watching him <laughs> dig a hole for himself. So, uh, no, he's he's involved very heavily with the beer. Okay. Um, you know, getting the brand out there. Obviously, trying to um, you know wheel and deal, get it into bottle shops and and whatnot so um he's actually enjoying it yeah obviously you know finish football you sort of need a routine yeah. straight away you need to fall into something so you're not just sitting around at home you know on your backside and so it's been good it's been getting him up getting him out of the house and he's been enjoying it um yeah and hopefully you know comes more business the beer gets bigger and bigger yeah. and um yeah but um he's obviously doing that and i mean he's just you know he's just cruising he's yep. just you know down with the flow. Down with the flow. <laughs> Mate, I love it. Um, okay, I ask all the boys this. Favourite rapper of all time? Favourite rapper? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, I'd probably just be like Eminem. I, I wasn't a massive rap fan growing up. Yeah. So, uh, like all like... You're a country fan. I don't mind country music. <laughs> um, no, nah, but like Eminem was probably... You know, he'd come out when I was in high school and everyone was sort of listening and he was he was sort of mainstream. Yeah, he was a mainstream. So yep. I'd probably say Eminem. Uh, favourite movie of all time? Favourite movie? Oh. I'd have to say probably Remember the Titans. Great. Yeah, classic. I love that movie. Absolute awesome classic. Awesome movie. Um, if, if in 12 months everything happens perfectly, what are you doing? Celebrating a grand final. Celebrating a grand final. Mate, 
I tell you what, if you could do what you did with the team, you know, <laughs> that you had this week, could you imagine when Kiri comes back? He, he's the forgotten man, in my opinion. He, fuck. Yeah, oh, mate, he's a massive inclusion in he's the side, obviously. So and good. Uh, this takes a lot of pressure off some of those other guys as well. Like, yep. you know, Sammy's only a young kid, but not only that, like Teddy, if you watch Teddy the way that he played, he's been amazing. And the thing about Teddy, like, he, like, I know he does get credit, but he does not get the credit he deserves because he plays at such a high standard every week. Everyone just expects him to do that. Yep. But it is so hard to play at that level Crazy. every single – this is what people don't understand. To do that consistently yep. week in, week out, year after year. For like that's just – yeah. It the, is extremely hard yeah. and only special people can do that. Mate, 100%. And I just – yeah, I, I don't – think he gets the raps that he deserved but also again like i said with luke coming back then mm. you know frees teddy up to sort of you know do a bit more of, of the stuff that he wants to do because there was times there this year where he was just picking the team up on his shoulders yep it's the he same you know with teddy jared did it a couple of times as well yep and you know these guys are leaders of the club and um i think the young kids would have seen that and yeah i think they would have learned a lot from that as well absolutely yeah teddy He's played some of the highest level consistent footy I've seen maybe ever. Like in the last yep. four years of his career, he has been every game. You could probably count maybe five games where he was just good. Mm. Whereas every other game, he's been great. Yep. Like literally great. Yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how his body does it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Mate, he's, he looks after it. Does he? Yeah. He's, he Temple? takes great. Yeah. Tem- oh, yeah, he doesn't mind to be here every now and then. Okay. Ted, but, um, no, he does take great care of it. Yep. He understands that, you know, if you look after yourself, that, that that's what you can do. And yep. yeah, yeah, he's an amazing player. He's a gun. And, yeah, mate. Uh, make sure people to grab a case of Cattleman's Brewing from Cattleman's Brewing Co. dot The mid strength lager. Mid strength lager. Yeah, absolute a beer that tastes like real beer. A beer that tastes like real beer and yeah. looks like real beer. Looks like real beer. It smells like real beer too. That's uh, no, mate. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Uh, one of the greatest wingers of all time, in my opinion, uh, and that's coming from a fellow winger. So that must be heavy raps. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, nah, mate. What an incredible career and good luck with this. We'll stay in touch, obviously. Uh, cheers for coming on. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Boom.